Hello, and welcome to Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. I'm your host, Brandon. Our next guest is one of LA's finest pups. He's a 2018 title holder, a full member of Onyx Southwest, and a fellow yellow hanky boy. Get ready for some more Leather Talk. Everybody, this is Brandon, your Mr. Bullet Leather 2020, and today we have Pup Rush. Uh, hi, Pup Rush. Would you mind introducing yourself, please? Hi, I'm Pup Rush. I'm the loudest husky in the room. Just saying, <laughs> throwing that out there. So now you all know. Awesome, awesome. Pup Rush, could you tell us your uh, your gender identity, sexual orientation, um, bank account number, blood type? Okay, so bank account number absolutely broke. I feel like that's a lot of people's. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. Very gay. Very, very super gay. Like, I talk and ruby slippers just happen to fall out of my <laughs> Got it, got it. So we got it. You're really gay. Uh, <laughs> and how old are you, if I may ask? Ooh, I'm 27. I'm about to be 28. I'm so old. Ooh, you're a little bit younger than me. I'm 28. How long have you been in the community? Let's see. There were people writing things down on stone tablets when I first entered, so <laughs> been there for a while. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pup Rush, we we actually met each other last month now, technically. Uh, no, 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 no. We actually, I first spoke to you at your contest. <gasps> okay. You, you know, everyone keeps saying that. I, I don't remember anybody from my contest. <gasps> it was oh a rush. <laughs> No, no I'm there. writing that down. Title holder does not remember me. How <laughs> dare they? I do. Oh, I was just shocked scandal. that I even won that night. So uh, when I met you, I probably was like, where am I? Who? No, what? It, was, it was so cute because you had just walked outside and you looked like zombified. And I was like, I know this face. So I'm just going to say hi and congratulations. Right. Give them a hug and I'm going to leave them alone. Hopefully they turn their phone off because I know it's exploding right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. We went to uh, we went to the NoHo Diner later that night, and I was like, I turned on my Facebook, and I was like, a hundred friend <laughs> request. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh goodness. Well, the the reason why uh, I, I wanted to have you on really was because, well, one, I guess we met at my competition, but two, we actually had a Leather Talk exclusive on WeHoVille and and Fight Magazine on the Virtual Pride earlier this month. Um, how was that for you? Oh, this is super fun. Like, I got to wear my face, which makes me very happy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And in public. I always love wearing face in public. You mean your, your, your pup hood? Yes, yes. We uh, we jokingly call it uh, my face or walking around in dog face. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Uh, you know, it's, it's been a few weeks since we've talked. And we, what I really loved about having everyone on video was I, I did get to see everyone's face. And it, it did seem a little bit more engaging. Problem was, we only had like five minutes to talk to everybody. 
<laughs> get to hang out with all my nerd stuff and be invited into my room. That's something that I felt was good because it felt more personable because we're we're in like everyone's kind of private space, which seems kind of intimate mm. to me. That's true. And, you know, if you're listening right now in your bedroom, then uh, Pup Rush is with you. <laughs> Very intimate. Well, let's get into a little bit about you. Um, when did you come out as gay or have you have you come out as gay? Uh, I didn't so much. Uh, I came out to my friends. I didn't really come out to everyone else. It just kind of happened. Okay. <laughs> my big coming out story would have to be with my stepfather. And that was amazing. Am I sensing a daddy-son role-play kind of fantasy <laughs> happening? <laughs> he was a redhead, but no. Um, I have a thing for redheads, by the way. If you have a redhead, my hopefully my contact information will be in there. Please shoot me a message anytime. Well, st- stay away from my fiancé because he's a redhead. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, we were playing video games together. That was kind of our, our father-son thing. And of course, we're talking trash and the talk moves on to girls and if i had a girlfriend i was like are you kidding with all my nerd stuff and trying to go to school at the same time i don't have time for that silly stuff he's like oh so what about a boyfriend and i guess the pause when i was speaking to him was like too long for me it felt like six bajillion years i'm pretty sure it was rather short but yes he uh told me that no matter what Whoever I was with, he hopes that I treat them with love and respect, and they love and respect me and make me happy. And that's all he really cared about. And then he turns to me, is there something you want? Now, is there something you want to tell me? I go, yes, I'm gay. He's like, yeah, and the sky is blue and water is red. I already knew that. I wanted to know why I filled up my car full of gas, and today I find out it's only got half a tank. What's going on? Wow, so your dad, your step stepfather, rather. Oh, you can call him real dad. You can definitely call him real dad, because that's right. who he was, absolutely. Um, yes, he was really awesome. I mean, there was once or twice I walked in the house late, and he was like, yeah, go to bed. That's where you've been the whole time. I'm like, what do you mean I've been shut up? You've been in bed. That's where you've been the whole time. <laughs> Especially if your mother asks tomorrow. So he's he's very awesome. And wh- what did your mother think? Uh, <laughs> let's see. I'll let you know when she lets me know. No, she was she was she was not happy. Yeah. She still isn't. It's a phase, everyone. Trust me. It's a very long phase. I'll get over it eventually. I'll find the right woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what mothers tend to say. I told look. I'm willing to compromise. I'm willing to get her grand dogs. Lots of grand dogs, in fact. <laughs> Spoil them and send them back home to me. I'd love it. So is that the main reason why, you know, your mother has a problem with it is because you're not going to, like, procreate necessarily? Or is it because of, like, a like a religious or moral standpoint? It's a litany of things. <laughs> I'm sure all of you don't have six hours to listen to all the reasons why she has a problem with it. But it boils down uh, to religion, community, and yes, definitely procreation is definitely mm. up there. Got it. Got it. We, we might be in similar boats with that then. So, and, you know, what did your friends think? Did you, well, first of all, how old were you when this happened? Uh, so I finally came to the conclusion that I was gay when I hit 13. I was like, yes, got it right there. And then as I went on, my friends were kind of like, hey, we love you and you're amazing. You're also really gay. And I was like, guys, I, I'm totally not. He was like, yeah. Edward, we love you. You're gay. 
So did you have to have a gay experience before it confirmed it for you? Or did you just kind of come to that conclusion on your own terms? Does watching The Wizard of Oz and wishing Dorothy's shoes were mine, is that does that count as my gay experience? <laughs> I don't if know it does, if that counts. Yes. Yes, <laughs> if that counts, because that was and I and I swear it, it's just that moment. That moment when she has the ruby shoes. And I can watch it, I can watch it today and go, I want, I want that. Mm. That is me. A hundred percent. That's, that's, yes, that. And I just feel like it's that moment that it clicked. You know what I mean? Yeah, kind of. I I don't know if I can relate specifically to a non-sexual event, I guess, not confirming my homosexuality. Uh, But I can definitely imagine what that might feel like, just that moment where you just know. Yeah, the, the sexual aspect of it really... I mean, it's there, but I don't feel like that particular thing makes it or breaks it for me, only because I've encountered people who are 100% heterosexual, but they're like, bro, my girl and I haven't done anything. Uh, you're gay. Can I have a hand job, though? Like, But it'll mm. be a bro job. And I'm like, okay, look, we're friends, so why not? Let's go. <laughs> why not? Let's, why did I think it. that it was going to go the other way? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, there's that level of friendship. Like if you yeah. have a very good friend, you know you've seen their penis at least once. At least once it's happened. So the sexual aspect for me isn't isn't so much the solidifier, but it's just that experience of knowing this is who a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And this is who I am going to be because it is a part of me and it's fantastic. <laughs> I love that, that you came out at such a young age. I, I honestly didn't know what gay was for probably until I was 14, or at least I didn't believe it was like a real thing. That's very fair. Uh, I, maybe it's because I grew up in a bubble, but I remember I had these gay neighbors and I hope they're listening. <laughs> Hi, gay neighbors. Uh, and I remember come, walking home one day from their house because they were across the street and my mother said, oh, they, um, they're gay. And I was like, what's that mean? And little by little, I started to find out small snippets of information when they mentioned their bedroom. And I said, well, you have such a big house. Why do you both sleep in the same bed when you can have your own room? I don't get it. Uh, he's like, well, we I asked my handler the same question. Yeah. <laughs> you have, we have such a big house. Why can't I have several rooms to myself? <laughs> well, one for Ruby slippers. <laughs> oh, don't play. <laughs> so quick. So quick. But yeah, I think, you know, all of us just kind of discovering our own paths. And I, I really think that's kind of poetic in a way that the ruby slippers kind of helped you find your path i i do too like it's just this i love that it's this moment that is solidified not just for me but in time as you know as a film that has stood up you know forever it's this iconic moment and i get to have a piece of myself sharing in this iconic moment Mm -hmm. It, it makes it feel bigger than me yeah, definitely. You're you're part of something much bigger than just your yourself. So let me ask you this. You have partners or a partner? Uh partners, technically. Okay. <laughs> so I have my two handlers and they're married, and I am part of their marriage. But I don't I'm not considered married to them. So you're kind of like they're they're married and you're their boyfriend if we're going to talk in lay terms. I'd consider that I I like to think of myself as as boyfriend plus 
or or uh, marriage extra or <laughs> affectionately nerding nerdily calling it uh, marriage DLC. Okay. <laughs> For, for all of you yeah, non-nerds, it's downloadable content. Okay. <laughs> the fun stuff, the extras. So in some ways, is this kind of like polyamorous? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, very much so. And what is what is your what do your like friends and family think about that kind of dynamic? Or is that not really something you're public about? Uh not public with my family. I they don't ask and i don't want them to know <laughs> i want mm. them to be in this, this safe little world that's all straight and pretty for them and leave them there because they're happy and i'm happy uh to my friends they don't care <laughs> okay so how long have you been a pup again oh uh for a bajillion and seven years <laughs> <laughs> you're only 27 so it can't be that long <laughs> oh my gosh yes it's it's been forever yeah it's been a while i was in the navy when i've made the turn oh really well i'll yeah. ask you a little bit about that in a little bit but um well let me ask you this so when did you first discover that you were a pup or had any kind of puppy side to you <laughs> i first discovered it on tumblr <laughs> again it's so horrible i hate kids no tumblr don't do it it's horrible <laughs> bad for you um no i i discovered it uh on tumblr and then my mistress helped me explore a little bit more and she was amazing i love her mm, a mistress so you have a mistress now uh i've had a formally had a mistress we're still really good friends it's just that uh she and i uh met and we agreed that you know I, i'm gay and it's not going to go anywhere sexual between us but she was willing to train me and do other puppy things and I found my handlers and she was like, okay, this is a way he can explore more. This is what he, what he's looking for and what he needs. I'm going to like turn over ownership to them. And it's been that way ever since. Okay. So you, you identify as a homosexual cis male. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, we're working that or, that's this part out. Okay. Okay. okay <laughs> we're cool. working on that. That's cool. <laughs> and then that the, your mistress so you guys didn't do anything sexual together? Nope, not at all. Okay, so how did that look like when you were doing puppy things together? Oh my gosh. Okay, so she would like put treats on the end of my nose and make me catch them. Uh, she would uh, be watching a movie and I would puppy snuggle up to her. Uh, it was uh, a lot of things were like, hey, I would really like this particular thing. And then I would probably go and get her the wrong thing and she would send me back for the right thing. <laughs> Uh, just regular puppy stuff. Uh, there was an event that she took me to uh, that was pretty cool. I got to do puppy, um, some agility stuff. I'm bad at it. <laughs> Knock over everything. So I'm just curious why you chose to have a mistress at, at the beginning of, of your exploration, I guess you could say, in the puppy side. Was it sort of this was like a safe space for you because you knew this person in another way? Yes. Um, so there's, there was a lot of trust there with her, especially mm. with her. And she just made me feel like, you know, if, 
if you enjoy this thing, it's fine. If you feel ridiculous, it's fine. If you look ridiculous, like who cares? You're with me and I'm with you. And that's all that really matters. And, oh, and you're having a good time. <laughs> but it was just that that love and that trust that made me feel so comfortable. And it was just with her that the sexual part of it really didn't become a need until later. That's really awesome. Yeah, love and trust can get you to open up and discover yourself in new ways. And just having that, like being comfortable in your own skin and knowing that that person is not judging you in any way, like that can be so powerful. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. (laughs) (laughs) What would you be, what would be your advice to people like just coming into, let's say they're listening to the episode right now and they've also found pups on Tumblr. (laughs) And and they just want to explore it. Uh, how would you even go about finding someone, you know, like your mistress or, or were you just lucky to find someone like that? I, I feel like the, the energy that she presented and that her knowing me and me knowing her, that's something that is unique to us mm-hmm. because I think that's every relationship. But if you're just starting out and you're looking for that someone, wait, <laughs> have patience. Uh, it's not always the first person that comes along. And when the right person is there with you, you know, Mm -hmm. like, it's just that thing of, of, I know this person, I trust this person, I love this person, we can go further with this. Now, when you're exploring your pup side, is it, is it possible to do this kind of exploration on your own? Or do you really need someone to kind of guide you? Oh, you can definitely play by yourself. Oh my God. There have been days that I got my, my squeaky mallard out and I would just toss it in the air or roll around with my squeaky mallard. My handlers walk in and be like, puppy, what the hell are you doing? I say, it's playtime. It's like, okay, well, well, we have to go to work online and we have to have our cameras on. So you're going to have to have puppy playtime out of the office. (laughs) You remind me of my actual pup, like my actual animal pup. (laughs) When I come home, he'll be like rolling around sometimes with toys. I'm like, what are you doing? no one's home <laughs> and see see i can look at your dog and be like yeah buddy i get it I, yeah we're, you and i yeah we understand <laughs> you you two would get along nicely i think <laughs> so w- when was like the first time that you went out as a pup like do you remember the first time you like geared up you got an, a pup hood and all of your gear and went out to a bar so there's this lovely little leather bar in down uh, down in San Diego, mm-hmm. and I went there and I saw another puppy and I was like, oh my gosh, you're into what I'm into. We're gonna talk. You're a dog. I'm a dog. Let's be dogs together. This is fantastic. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I was knowing the hell out of this person, but they uh, they let me borrow their hood, and that was I was like, okay, yes, a thousand percent. I get this. I love this even more than I already do. It was amazing just being around other people, especially the head pats. I really like that. So that must have been pretty liberating for you to like be out in public, you know, in a sense and, and kind of express your your new discovered self, I guess. Oh, absolutely. It was great. I had such a good time that night. I think that was also the Christmas party. So this was it back in San Diego. Did you uh, live in San Diego? I lived close to, at the time I was uh, on Camp Pendleton. Okay. So that's where I actually lived. So San, like San Diego, San Diego was like 45, well, 40 minute, 30 minute drive, depending on how fast I was going. 
Okay, wait, what was Camp Pendleton? I mean, were you like a camp counselor or something? Oh, no, Camp Pendleton is the Marine Corps base. I'm a, I am was a hospital corpsman for the United States Navy. So okay. uh, I had Marines that I was responsible for. So, of course, I would live on their base. But when I had my free time, I was free to do just about whatever I wanted. I was a big boy. So how long were you in the military? A good solid eight years. And then I ran. <laughs> wow, tra- eight years. They tricked me twice and I ran. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we had another, well, we we actually had a couple other, at least from my knowledge, uh, people who were in the military on, on the Leather Talk podcast. What got you interested in the first place to join the military? It was just my turn. It was so, just your turn? So this is, this is my favorite story to tell people about my family in the military. Okay. Uh, so on my mother's side... All of the males have been Navy, every single one. Uh, apparently, if you go back far enough, we were sold into it. And from then on, we just kept doing it. So uh, down the line, we we have fantastic sailors, some amazing sailors in our family. And to me, it feels like, you know, we, we helped build the Navy. I mean, we didn't, but it's still, it's just to have that Navy legacy is something I'm extremely proud of. So this was something that you voluntarily did because you felt like you were being a part of like your family line kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Look, I look no kids. It's not happening. Dogs, <laughs> no kids. But I mean, to continue in that part of the family tradition is amazing. I'm I'm very happy I did it. Okay, so we had a Navy Cub on a few weeks ago, so we'll have to call you Navy Navy Rush or Navy Pup. <laughs> <laughs> You can find pictures of me wearing nothing but my Dixie cup as a cover. (laughs) So, okay, let's talk about the dynamic between being in the Navy and being gay. Did you feel like you had to kind of hide or, you know, in dark corners about your sexuality or were you kind of out that time? Uh, uh, To be honest, it didn't really ever come up. I mean, in my like close group of friends, they knew, but they didn't care. <laughs> they were just like, they wanted to come over, play D&D, uh, drink Mountain Dew and pass out at like three o'clock in the morning and then go to work. <laughs> so it, it it never occurred to me for it to be a big deal. Um, I'm glad I came in at the time I did because otherwise, yeah, I think that hiding it, I definitely know other sailors who were older than I were like, yeah, you came in in a special time because this wouldn't have happened. So it wasn't really an element for you to be worried about whether or not you were going to get found out? Uh, no, not even with my Marines. They did not care <laughs> at all. They had other things that they were doing, like playing with scorpions and fucking rattlesnakes and having me <laughs> scream at them not to. So did you ever have any uh, homosexual experiences like with with any of the other uh, people <laughs> in the Navy there? <laughs> So, uh, there's the story of the Phantom Jacker, who I still say that man is amazing. The Phantom Jacker, is this a comic book? (laughs) No. So, on a ship, you have a bed. It's like we call it the fucking rack bed, it's basically a box. And you have two curtains that Mm. you can close for privacy. I'm doing air quotes, can't see them. And. At the time, there was somebody going around giving like hand jobs in the middle of the night. And if you didn't want one, you just move his hand away and no one cared. No, well, wait, wait a yeah, second. That happened. 
hold up. (laughs) So a guy, a hand would just reach into your curtain, start touching you. And you were just like, yay or nay. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I'm flabbergasted. Okay. Go keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean that happened and then someone tattletold, which is, I mean, unfortunate because that man was doing a service. Damn it. (laughs) Did you ever find out who he was? No. Wow. Was it you? No, I wish it was. Are you kidding? If it was me, I'd be having a great time. That would have been awesome. That would have been the best. No, that wasn't me, unfortunately. Wow, that's so crazy. So were there, did you guys ever have any like secret gay sex parties or anything like that? <laughs> I wish. Oh, God, that would have been <laughs> awesome. Are you kidding? That would have been the best. Something so I can tell my not grandkids. <laughs> So there's a lot of fantasy, as you can tell, going in my mind. I think a lot of us think that like there's this underground kind of like homosexual world in the military where everyone's just like fucking in the shower and stuff. But from what you're saying, it was a lot more tame. Yeah, it's some stuff happens, but it's not as frequent or as wild as people make it out to be. I will say um, fucking your superior is great. That's a power trip. <laughs> okay, we won't out anybody. Character. You don't have to tell us who your superior was, but <laughs> oh no, I definitely I fucked one of my doctors over his desk. That was great. Oh my god, that's the best idea I've ever had. Only not. <laughs> <laughs> you were helping giving him a, a rectal exam. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. So let, let's go back to that first experience at the leather bar in San Diego that we were talking about earlier. Um, when you first put that hood on, like for the very first time, how did that feel? Oh, it was fucking fantastic. Like going from this state of, I'm worried about where I am. I'm worried about where I'm, what I'm doing. I'm worried about how I'm seen to, you know what? Nothing else matters. I wonder if I pad over there, sit real cute. Will they give me pats? I'm willing to bet they will. Let's do that. <laughs> so you felt a little bit playful. Playful, friendly, and much more open to social interaction. And is part of that because of the fact that your face is covered by the hood and you're kind of taking on this new persona? See, I never thought of it as uh, taking on a totally different persona. I've always thought of it as bringing out more of my inner self that I might not be as willing to show otherwise. Mm, I see. The hiding of the face isn't really, I guess, a big on-off switch for me. It's more of I am now more open to have more experiences. I got it. So it just kind of brings out more of what's already inside. Yes. And unlocking it. I kind of, I, and I've said this in multiple episodes before, when I put on like my leather shirt or leather pants or my first harness that I got, I feel like I become Batman, like I'm suiting up, you know? <laughs> That's so amazing because I've, I've described that before. I, I got asked in a contest that I ran in because I, I did show up in my skate shoes because I wanted to save my boots for the night. But I was, they were like, well, why'd you show up in skate shoes? I was like, you, the way your leather jacket and leather crown make you feel that's how I feel in these shoes. I feel like I could take on the world right now. And when I have my hood on, that's the way I, I feel absolutely free. Like there's nothing I can't do. In fact, I've written one or two college papers while wearing my puppy hood at home. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see that. So when you, actually, you know, I just have to ask, what is the table story? I heard you mention that <laughs> oh, on <yeah>. your breath. <laughs> 
Okay, so when everybody knows the pup rush hood, if you haven't seen it, it's a, a leather howler hood from Mr. S, same shameless plug, uh, with the lightning bolts on it. And the first time I got it and got to put it on, I, if you've ever seen Huskies do it, they had got the zoomies, and I did too. And about 160 pounds of rush met the coffee table. Rush won. The coffee table did not. <laughs> You're referring to yourself as rush? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you mean you met the coffee table uh i kind of sort of ran into slash landed on said coffee table <laughs> okay so you were just so excited that you just bolted yes i love that love it <laughs> we we now have a new coffee table we, clearly clearly <laughs> <laughs> Well, so it seems to me then like you kind of got into the puppy aspect right away. So as far as like leather goes and like wearing uh, like a harness or BDSM, are, are you engaged with any of that? Yes and no. Um, harnesses are great because I harnesses. I'm a husky. I like pulling things oh. and uh, we're I'm still trying to find a red toboggan. So I can have that and pull people around on that. I think that'd be fantastic. So leather things, uh, there are a couple kinks I engage in that aren't exactly exclusive to puppy play itself. There's also the house dynamic that we have. I figured that's pretty structured as far as handlers, what they say goes. And we don't have an alpha dog, thank God. Uh, I'm the beta and I have an omega. Okay, so let's dive into this because I, I'm not aware too much of the dynamics of a like a pup house. First of all, <laughs> for those listeners who have no idea what a handler is, could you talk about what that is? Sure. Uh, my handler is the one in charge. He sets what we do and <laughs> when to do it, unfortunately. <laughs> um, <laughs> hopefully he's not listening. <laughs> but uh, he's also in charge of me when I'm playing with other people. He's making sure that I am hydrated, that I'm not getting hurt, that people are respecting my space, that I'm respecting theirs. Because when I'm in pup space, I'm I'm basically gone. <laughs> it's puppy time. And so you, you talk about a house. Now, is this like a physical space as a house? Or is this like an arrangement of a relationship? It's more of a, I use it in the terms of our relationship. Okay. So you mentioned the, the alphas and the omegas. Oh, what's that? Uh, that's the ranking structure that some people who are into puppy play use. It's not a real thing in nature. It's a ranking structure that people that are into puppy play use. Of course, alpha dogs are normally the dogs that are in charge of everyone else. It go, should go handler, alpha dog. They, they're in charge. They tell the beta dogs, that's me, what to do. Uh, betas, we make shit happen. We know we run everything. We let the alphas think they're in charge. And the omegas, they're just, they're lap dogs. They just want to get loved on. You know, I've talked to several pups on, on the podcast before. Um, Matthew Mullins. I've talked to Pup Dawn multiple times. Uh, pup Yoshi. <gasps> I love Yoshi. Yeah. <laughs> so you're now part of the Leather Talk Pup Legacy. Um, so, you know, every time I talk to a pup, they're they're into it for different reasons it seems like you know some for fashion some for identity some you know they feel playful some it's just super sexual space pub don talks about like he kind of gets into a hypnotic state almost uh, so what is it for you like when you get all geared up and you're in a play space and and you're just you're pupping out what what is that like for you 
my pup space likes to dance between being super, super sexual and super, super playful. Okay. So what does that look like if you're being, let's go for super playful first. Super playful? Oh, I'll bring you all sorts of toys. Probably my mallard. My mallard is my favorite squeaky toy. So I'll bring you that. I want you to throw it. I want you to try to take it away. Uh, I can balance treats on my nose and catch them, by the way. Very talented. (laughs) You should definitely try it sometime. (laughs) And as far as the as far as the sexual space, what does that look like? Oh Lord. <laughs> I want it to be colored leashed. I want I love negative reinforcement, calling me bad dog. Oh just oh <laughs> oh, trust me, that that'll get you there. <laughs> or having my tail put in, even doing dog show inspection things is very big turn on. Dog show inspection. Okay, talk us through this. Your handler is doing a dog show inspection on you. What is that like? <laughs> so you've seen the Yukonu, but everybody's seen the Yukonu. Like even even if you're not into puppy play, you've had to have seen it once or commercials for it. Just when they have the dog on the stand on all fours, standing erect, he'll massage my ears, check my flank, teehee, check my puppy bits because they do. And, Wait, check your puppy uh, bits, like your testicles. Uh huh. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Okay. There is nothing like being on all fours, and you like you know how when you're getting fucked from behind and your balls are just swinging. Like now, imagine somebody giving those a nice squeeze, a nice rub, a nice tug. Oh my god, I have an erection. <laughs> Jesus, that's nice. Just imagining it is attractive. Wow. Just different things like that. It's a whole sexually amazing. So, do you ever get like fucked while you're in pup space, or is it absolutely okay? Okay, I got it. Hundred. <laughs> I do. I love having bones buried in my backyard. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, that's great. So how does how do you even get into pup space? Is it like an on-off switch for you, or do you have to be warmed up? Or do you have, is there like a series of steps that gets you there? Honestly, for me, I feel like it's always kind of looming in the back of my mind. So it's not really so much an on-off switch. It's more of a gradual a downward sliding escalator <laughs> to get there. Because it's, I always want to be in like honestly, I really do always want to be in pup space. That's one of my favorite things to do, especially during this time of COVID. I'm at home more often, so I have more opportunities to do it. So it takes a lot less to get me down there. Like if my handler tells me to go, like he's like, "Puppy, I need another drink to the kitchen and back, fetching." See, uh, puppy, the the mail needs to get here, and I see that goddamn mailman. And do you bark at the mailman? <laughs> It's the other dogs. What what makes you think it would be me? Yes, I most certainly do. It's never me. <laughs> I could just imagine. And you know, I'm going to go pretend to be the mailman when I'm going to go by your house and drop <laughs> us some lit mail and <laughs> see what I hear. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so going into more of like the sexual space, what is maybe like one of your most memorable sexual experiences in pup mode? And could you maybe kind of walk us through what that was like uh so it was me and three other dogs and we were playing on the mats and somehow someone's dick came out Hmm. and they bent over started wagging their butt in my face i started rimming them then his alpha came over and started peeing on his back hit me with it which oh my god yes Then I mounted his dog. Then their handler came in and started spanking me and told me to breed him, which I did. It's one of, oh, it's one of my favorites. Well, okay, <laughs> hold on. 
best there memory is ever. so much happening in this story. <laughs> so, so let's slow down a little bit. <laughs> sure. Ask me anything. So I will tell all. Dick comes out. Yes. You jump in head first and start eating a guy's ass out. Well, his dick flopped out. And of course, he's doing like the waving his dick at us, trying to tease us. And then he turns around and like starts waving his butt in the air. And I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> Now you're like, all right, now you're asking for it. So you start to just lick his ass. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then after that happens, is that when the pissing started? Yeah, his alpha came in and decided to mark him. And he knew that we were both super into water sports. Ah, I see. That's why I have my fire hydrant hanky like that goes with me everywhere. I see. Okay, so is he was sort of marking his territory, like you're mine. Yep. Okay, that's kind of hot. I like that. <laughs> And then you said you mounted some. Does that mean you fucked someone? Yeah. I, uh, the puppies who's asked I was eating, I wound up fucking him. And his handler came in and started spanking me, like telling me to breed him. And I did. So you guys made little baby puppies? <laughs> Always. <laughs> wow, that's really sexy. So when these things happen, do they happen more often in public spaces or someone's home or like, where do these things take place? It depends on where you are. Uh, a lot of the times uh, when I am with that kind of scene, it's either in a person's home or I've been to one or two dungeons where something similar has happened. <laughs> uh, when it's playtime, playtime, a regular just for funsies playtime, that happens literally everywhere. I've been to furry conventions where it's happened. I've been to leather conventions where it's happened. I've been to a puppy convention, several puppy conventions where that's happened. Good Lord. <laughs> and of course, my house. Your house. <laughs> that's happened. So are you into public play as well? Yes. I mean, why? I would never clutching my pearls. <laughs> Innocent puppy of most definitely. Well, the reason I ask that is because there's uh, one scene that Matthew talks about where he's being walked outside naked like a dog by his like handler. And, you know, if I was not afraid of getting arrested for, <laughs> for <laughs> I would, that would be so sexy to just kind of be like walked out by a dom, you know, or an alpha and be like, all right, you're going to walk and be my dog, you know? Have you ever had an experience like that? Close, but not quite. Uh, I definitely have seen that uh, mostly from uh, my European puppy friends who get mm. to do all sorts of fun stuff and be naked outside. Note to self, move to Europe. <laughs> Yeah, I know Europe gets away with a lot of the sexy stuff yes. we can never do here, you know. But as as far as public things, I mean, I've blown some very handsome, very nice gentlemen in a public bathroom. And that's about as far as it's gone while wearing dog face. Got it. So it, let's say you're on dog face, right? Like everyone's got mm -hmm. their hoods on. You're all playing in a pen together. Do types matter that much at that point to you? You know, you, you meet those guys who are like, oh, I'm only into guys with, I don't know, trimmed pubes, or I'm only into guys with long pubes, or I, I only like guys with beards or, you know, redheads or what, what be it. Does it matter anymore at, at that point when you're all in kind of this play space together? Nope. That goes right the hell out the window. It's you're a dog. I'm a dog. Let's be dogs together. Mm, okay. So there's really no sexual preferences. It's more about the experience. In regular for funsies play space. Yes. For, for some mm -hmm. puppies, uh, 
certain preferences, uh, air quotes, exist. Okay, I got it. Yeah, because I'm just wondering if I... It's so funny now that we have to wear masks every time we go out the door. I'm always like, oh, that guy's really cute. And then I'm like, wait, Brandon, you don't actually know what he looks like. <laughs> His whole face is covered. But I can imagine, you know, just seeing like a, a naked pup and then being like turned on by it. We're going to get you to one of one of our play dates. We're going to make this happen. <laughs> we have got to. We do. We have to get you to experience it at least once. Yeah, I'll have to try it. It's so funny because several people well first several people just call me pup like even even michael lara thought i was a pup in the beginning he's like you're a pup right and i was like no one i'm not a pup us, he's like oh i've been telling people you're a pup and i'm like okay whatever and then you know not a pup yet not yet i guess you know and then i was on messenger the other day talking to somebody and they're like oh are you a pup and i'm like why like, oh, your reaction was just very puppy-like. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't know. <laughs> See, it's it's you're already one of us. We know it. We can smell each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if I keep having pups on the show, I might have to just try everything once or twice. Well, it's like the pitch I always give to new people who, like, come over to the mats and they're not sure about themselves. I always say, look come get down with me for five minutes. It'll just be me and you playing together. And who cares if you look silly, you'll be looking silly with me. And if you don't like it after the five minutes, well, I mean, what have you lost? You lost five minutes of your time, whatever. Right. But if you try it and you like it, think of the wonderful experience you will have. And every single time, every single time, they're down there for at least two to three hours. And I'm like, so that five minutes, that's a long been gone, just saying. In fact, somebody at a convention, uh, we were an hour away from Mr. S. They stayed down for a good two, three hours, drove all the way to San Francisco just to buy a puppyhood and come all the way back to the convention. It was fantastic. No way. They couldn't just speed order it or something? <laughs> oh, well, we were. it's just that we were right there. We were. Oh, I see. We were right there in San Jose, and they just fell in love with it, had to go get their puppyhood and come back. It was wonderful. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your title. What, what was your title exactly, and what year was that? I was the LA Puppy, and my title year was 2018. The best one ever! Legendary. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you were competing, did you, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess this is a loaded question, but did you feel like you were going to win? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was so done. And I okay, so um I had I had really wanted the title uh the first year I ran and I lost. But then I came to this feeling of, you know what, I've made some amazing friends. I've actually had a lot of fun tonight. When or I was like, if even if I lose, I walk away with these these amazing experiences and i'm you know what i'm glad i did it again i'm glad and then they were like and the winner is pop rush and i was like oh shit what what you guys liked that are you crazy <laughs> you know sometimes that's the best way to i mean that probably is the best way to go in a lot of title holders that i've talked to i mean including myself a lot of us just went in and we were just like well we'll we'll just do our best and be ourselves and see what happens and no expectations. And then bam, there's your title. <laughs> I still, I still don't believe it. Like <laughs> it's, it is, it's so, it's so 
like I watch I watch it back every once in a blue moon. I feel nostalgic and I like watching everybody else's fantasy. And then I watch it all the way to the end. And even though like I know what's going to happen, I still don't believe it. I'm just like, wow. So what was going on through your head when they announced you as the winner? Like when you were up on that stage? Oh God. <laughs> it was it was this this happy elation feeling one to be done because let me tell you standing well you know standing up there waiting for the announcement is awful it's like torture yeah, yeah it feels like an eternity <laughs> but when they said it it was just this feeling of of oh my god i don't believe i did it huh. and I I did. I started crying. I'm glad. Like, if you ever get the opportunity to watch it, I don't know why I'm advertising this. Nobody watch this. <laughs> um, I turn around and my and my fellow contestants had to pick me up Aww. a little bit to get me over to get my medallion. <laughs> Pup Rush, you're so cute. <laughs> Pup Rush is a big dumb dog. <laughs> Well, okay. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what you had planned. I mean, had you thought about if I win, these are some things that I want to do and accomplish, or this is what I want to stand for? Yes. So uh, actually, it was the night after I lost. Me and my handler were like, all right, you lost. I mm-hmm. want you to be in your feelings, feel what you got to feel, just go through. And that's something else I want to, I want to touch on real quick. Everybody who tells you, Oh, don't feel bad. Don't feel upset, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Don't listen to that. If you mm-hmm. feel some kind of way, go through that feeling, work through it because that means it meant something to you like that. That hurt feeling isn't a bad feeling. It's a good one because it means that you wanted it. You wanted it for a reason. So work through that, lick your wounds, feel bad, rub your butt. You got butt hurt. That's fine, but come back. Hmm. And that's what we did. I did. I I disappeared down a hole (laughs) to be honest, but I took that feeling of I lost and turn it into, all right, what are some things that I can start doing for the community? What are some things that I want to do if I win next year? And we planned it out. It was really great. <laughs> I definitely saw this, this big need that puppies of color weren't being represented. Uh, trans puppies or genderqueer puppies, like these puppies weren't being seen. And I was like, well, the image on the poster does not represent who we are as a community and that needs to change so i scribbled that down and that became the more i sat down with myself the bigger that represent these kind of representations became and that's uh what i started to work my title year around so what was your very first day like The very first day, uh, I pulled my producer Matthew Mullins aside and said, "Hey, we're gonna—you need to bring a pen and a piece of paper. We're sitting down and we're planning out my title year because the there are some things that we're gonna change. Um, puppies of color are always gonna be represented on the posters that we put out for my events. I always want to be promoting, you know, pups who feel like they're not being heard or seen. And to his credit." From day one, he was a hundred percent down. I saw him and Dan just scribbling as I was just spouting off this information, like dates and times and what we need to do. And I'm 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 thankful that he was that way because um, a lot of producers or 
not really down with it. Would you say that you've accomplished what well, what you were intending to accomplish for that year? Yes, I, I definitely feel that uh, we've we've seen big changes. I see more puppies represented on uh, posters. I feel uh, not and not just in LA. Um, ever since I raised this issue uh, with the title, and again, you don't need a title to raise the issue. I feel like uh, the title was like a megaphone, so I could really just scream it from the rooftop. But other communities going, you know what? He has a point, mm-hmm. and we don't see this representation. And we are full of like this this huge, diverse puppy pool of amazing people, and they need to be seen. And to hear feedback, not just coming back from LA, but other places, saying, "Hey, you said this. We took this advice, and our events are better." And I really, I really love enjoy hearing that. Not because it's like, "Yay, Rush, you did it! Your title years was was a success." But, "Yay, Rush!" These people now feel like they belong because there is absolutely no better feeling than going to an event where you see yourself represented. Absolutely. So, I'm I'm going to ask you a question right now that I know the answer to. But for those, um, especially maybe from upbringings or backgrounds where they might not understand this. Why is it so important for the leather community to become more visibly inclusive? Because whenever I go to an so whenever I go to an event, I look for little representations of myself because it makes you feel welcome. It makes you feel included like you're a part of this community and when you go out there and you don't see yourself, you don't want to show up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that limits us. That limits our participation pool, and it doesn't help our community grow. And if we're about love, understanding, respect, acceptance, then that's representation is a huge part of that. And we also miss out on like all these brand new ideas. I've I definitely went back during my title year, and I got to talk to some puppies who were trans, and I said, "Hey, did I uh, did I did you feel included?" If I can change anything else, what can I do to make you feel included? I got some really great feedback, but it's just having diverse and different people gives you a different perspective. And I think in order to grow and be better, we need those. Those are that's vital information. Absolutely. No, I think what I cherish so much about the leather community is that, at least for myself. I felt like it was the one place that I could really let go and just be me and discover what that even meant to just be me. Like sometimes you have to let everything go, strip yourself down to the bare minimal and then kind of become more self-aware and and try new things and discover new things. And you can't do that unless you can, like you said, you know, with your mistress, you can't do that unless you feel safe to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So were, you know, besides your your mistress that you mentioned before, were there any other important figures in your life who kind of helped you along the way? Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry this time. I'm not. We're going to make it all the way through. You can. can. (laughs) Okay. Gerald. Mm-hmm. Gerald Creel, tall. Ger- Let me put it out there. tall Gerald. If you're in LA now, you know who I'm talking about. Everybody knows tall Gerald. But Gerald, oh my God, he is a very large chunk of why I ran for the title again. Mm-hmm. 
and why I was the title holder that I was. Because uh, when I was uh, before when I was in San Diego, I would go out to events and I was like, I never see myself represented. You know, I'm, I always feel like I'm intruding on this space, even though I'm supposed to be a part of this community. And one of my friends was like, hey, there's this bar in LA, you should go. There's this guy, Gerald, it, it, trust me, you'll know him when you see him. He's the tallest person in the room by far. And and you should just, just go meet him. And that's all they told me. It was just go talk to him, say hello, introduce yourself. <laughs> And on happenstance, one night I, I went, I went to the, uh, that particular bar and there he was, hmm. he was sitting in full leathers. He had his boots, the gloves, the jacket, the shirt and the, and the cap. And it's just like everybody else in the room faded away. And this man just exuded confidence. Mm -hmm. This man just sat in his own power that he belonged there without any shadow of a doubt, like just as if walking off of the Tom of Finland poster and seeing a person that looked like me and having all of that, I was like, I know I belong here now. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact I belong here. I, I want to just get to know this person. I need to be in his presence. And seeing that just totally changed my perspective and saying, I can do this. I do belong here. I can claim space and call it my own and operate from that and help other people understand that they too do belong here, that they are a part of this community and they can claim space. And I think that's just, it's amazing. <laughs> and I made it. I made it all the way through. Yes. I did it. You're yes. making me cry. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> wow. That is so incredible. Uh, can you imagine, had you not met him, I mean, not to say that you would have given up, but the the fact that he helped you get to the next step and look where you are today. Look how much you've accomplished. <laughs> and, and then there's you. Just think, <laughs> no, follow me on this one. Follow me. We're going to go on a bit of a trip. Follow me. Think about the night you won. Mm-hmm. All those people looking at you and all the people that are like you that may not be, you know, jacked out muscle bear, hairy chest, fucking chopping down trees with their bare hands, the brawny towel man, which is a totally another <laughs> story. Um, but all those people, those people that are looking for representation of themselves now can see that they have a title holder you are there you're their representation and now they go you know what if he can do it i can do it yeah absolutely i mean i like i said when i think when both of us did this we weren't expecting to win but i the, the first time i encountered that well not the first time but one of the first times i encountered that as a title holder was literally like Two days later, I went back to the bullet and some guy who was just a patron that I've seen at the bar for, you know, the last year or so came up to me and, you know, mind you, he was a little drunk, but um, <laughs> he came up to me and he was just like, I don't know how to tell you this. I, I'm not trying to be rude, but I just wanted to say that, like, I didn't know anybody like you could win. And seeing you win up there on that stage like showed me a different side to leather. Like I didn't think that I could be a part of leather until I saw you up there. And I was like, 
Oh, thank you. I didn't know what to say. I'd never even thought that just being up there and visible could change someone's mind like that, you know, and it's just so powerful to see yourself up there. See, look at you, not just opening doors, kicking them the fuck down. I like that. <laughs> Kick the fuck down. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, what, are there any other figures in your life, you know, besides Gerald and, and your mistress that you'd like to bring up as well? Uh, definitely my handlers. Mm-hmm. Because w- without them, I don't think I would have gotten nearly as much done as I could have. Because every time I wanted something done, I, I would have these fantastic ideas. And they'd be like, oh, puppy, that's amazing. Now how are we going to do it? I was, um... I hadn't gotten that far. How how do we do these things? Um, even I said that I wanted to send out uh, letters to people, like physical um, letters. And they were like, all right, we're going to go get stationary. Uh, we're going to get you an embosser. Uh, what are your pins going to look like, puppy? And that took about three or four hours until we settled on uh, the Super Rush pin, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. That reminds me, I need to get you yours. Um, that That is, let me tell you about the rush pit. <laughs> I have all of like five left. Well, I, I, will, I will wear it proudly next to my bullet pin on, on my vest. Yes. <laughs> but just their love and support and it just being, my cup overfloweth. There's there's no other way to put it. Their love and support has been amazing. As well as the community, like LA has... The LA leather community is beyond incredible, beyond incredible. Would you say that um, your platform over time has evolved or, or changed or has it kind of remained the same throughout the year? I feel like my platform evolved. Uh, at first, I was I was hard, hard on like, look, people of color, they need to be represented. People of color need to be represented. And then it became, as the year went on, Puppy, uh, puppies who are disenfranchised from the community need to be reached out to, and we need to include them. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, again, I don't walk the trans journey. I don't know that struggle. That's not something I will ever claim to know, but I can understand it. So and, in other words, what you're saying is, you know, you are obviously identified as a, you know, as a person of color yourself mm-hmm. with, uh, with the whole platform of puppies of color need to be included but then later on you've just got you know you discover that there's lots of other groups of people that are disenfranchised and you wanted to bring that into your platform as well yes most absolutely because again if if we're not all together how do we call ourselves a community yeah absolutely absolutely well, what would be your message to any future LA Pup title holder? You know, as a 2018 legend, as they say. <laughs> Stop, <laughs> not even. Um, I would say that this title is not a crown. If anything, the title elevates the community. You are there to elevate the community above yourself. It is definitely um, a, a, a service be prepared to do the work and love your community. Mm-hmm. It's one of the it's one of the big reasons why every every time I talk to another title holder, it's like I wear the crown and I was like, that's not the way I see it. I want to be the puppy president. I want to be in service to the people. I am an- you are answerable 
to your community and keep that in mind. Yeah, absolutely. I think the best leaders uh, tend to be the most humble or even the ones that didn't even want the job in the first place because they're, they're, they're more connected with the needs of the community. A lot of times if you're just competing for something for the, for the title of it, I mean, they, oftentimes they're not great leaders, you know, but if you go into it with the intention of, of being a service to your community, a lot of times that's when the biggest changes can happen. Oh, absolutely. So uh, aside from, you know, putting pe- more people on the poster, I mean, what other things were you able to accomplish during your title year? Or, or was that really the main thing, you know, to create some visibility? Uh, it wasn't just visibility. It was also uh, international relations. I thought that that was uh, super important and well, international relations and reaching outside of just the LA community, but uh, making sure that all communities had like a meeting point or had, or smaller communities had the help that they needed. I do remember uh, there a very small, teeny tiny baby puppy group out in Virginia. And I'm originally from there. And I was like, okay, well, in my off, not doing title holder things time, I definitely want to touch base with them. And touching base with them became, these other groups don't really know what resources are available to them or how to do something. And I was like, oh, I know how to do that thing. Let me message them. And just creating a, a bigger network for my title baby. So, you know, speaking of, you know, people in Virginia and and just other parts of the country that maybe don't have access to a lot of this information or, you know, the experience of having two, three, four leather bars in, you know, their immediate vicinity, Mm -hmm. what would be your message to those future generations of pups or leather people? I would say be as involved as you can be. If you don't know where your community is, keep asking. Because somebody does. Yeah. Or or message you. <laughs> I am going to be old and cantankerous. I'm going to tell you kids <laughs> to get off my lawn while I sip pina coladas served to me by my pool boy. Right. <laughs> no, I'm very – I love meeting new people. Please feel free to message me day or night. I'm a night owl anyway. I need people to talk to. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's kind of like the hardest thing sometimes is just finding people that are like-minded. And sometimes even if you're actively looking, it's hard to find someone. Just listen for the biggest mouth in the room. It's probably mine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm curious, along your leather journey or, or pup journey, have you experienced any pushback from any members of the older generations of the pup or leather community? Yes. Uh, during my run for international puppy, uh, I received a message that says N word pups can't win. I've went to an event that will remain nameless. Hopefully they've changed, but probably not. I went to an event and there was a title holder dinner. And of course me being cute little title holder, I decided to slap on my medallion and scurry on over. And I was denied entry because puppy titles aren't real titles. Bullshit. Wow. Bullshit. Um, wow. Just a, a lot of it boils down to racism, to be perfectly honest. And uh, mm-hmm. some of the old guard belief that puppies are anything other than leather, which is weird. But I'm, I'm glad to see that attitudes are changing slowly and the people on the wrong side of history are being called out for being wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's only recently, not recently, it's been in, you know, the last month that 
the whole uprising with George Floyd, you know, came to rise. And I, I've experienced people saying they didn't even realize that we had a racist problem, like a racism problem in America. And I'm like, well, that's part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Being in that bubble. Yes. That's, I'm, but I'm so glad, so glad that people are coming out and having this conversation. Mm -hmm. So what would be, you know, your message to the older generations of leather, maybe who are aware or, or not aware of things like this happening, you know, of you going to a dinner or being called the N word. And, and... That change is real and it's coming quickly and it doesn't have to be something scary. You can always uh, come to people like me and I'm more than happy to help walk you through it, but I'm not willing to hold your hand the whole way. Some of the responsibility is on you. Very well put. Very well put. So let's talk a little bit more about your kinks, because I know you're a uh, kinky motherfucker. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> oh, good, sir. Okay, so what are some of your other kinks and fetishes? And do you flag anything? What colors do you flag? A rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I mean, everybody knows that Pup Rush is a yellow. If you haven't seen me with my fire hydrant hanky, I mean, you know. <laughs> uh, I'm Robin's Egg Blue, which is for blowjobs, which I mean, oral fixation. Uh, navy Blue, which is fucking, because please, please do. Lift my tail, bend me over, tell me I'm a bad dog. I forget which one is for cum. I forget it. I don't know, but there is one. And I just looked it up and I feel mad that I just now forgot. I think the closest thing would be white for, is it masturbation, I believe? Yeah, white is masturbation. White is okay, masturbation. so I think that's the closest thing to cum. <laughs> fine, fine. It's it's the, we'll, the cum we'll say, one. We'll say white for cum whore. <laughs> and there we go. I am. Oh my God. So oral fixation. I mean, do you... Like, how many bones can you fit in your mouth? Depending on how big you are, I've been up to three. Oh, okay. Working on four. <laughs> I did four one time. I was super drunk out of this. Um, it turned into a sex party. It wasn't supposed to be a sex party. Um, I didn't know everyone was going to start fucking when I just took my clothes off. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You just you just show up, take off your clothes, boom, instant. Party. <laughs> well, I, was, I love it was like this. One guy that I came out of the bathroom with him, and then everyone was naked. I'm like, okay, but I remember it was two guys, and they were like, I mean, I was drunk, so I can't remember that much, but I remember grabbing two in each hand and just like putting them in my mouth <laughs> as much as I could. <laughs> that is great. That is <laughs> oh, I picked him. Oh, and Dick, why? Thank you, sir. Yes, I would like to partake. <laughs> And I remember one of them looking down like he was drinking a beer and he was like, okay, <laughs> sure. See, that's what I, that's what I absolutely love, especially when my handler, my handler will be like coding something and I'll be like, paw at his crotch and he'll be like, oh, puppy, do now give him that, that enthusiastic. And I like, fine, no spilling. Last time you got some on the carpet. Don't do that. And I know you're into piss play. Oh, now, piss play is one of my favorite fetishes, if not my favorite. So let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, how did you first discover piss play? Uh, so I really, and I mean really, had to go one day. Like my back teeth were floating. That's only because, uh, well, our bathroom, so I was in college and our the bathroom on the floor that I was on was being maintenance, so we couldn't go in that one. And the other one was 
all the way across campus. I had to do this exasperatingly long friggin' it was a math test. I hated my life. But my back teeth are floating. I was like, I really, really have to go. I really, 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 really have to go. So I run and clean across campus, make it to the bathroom barely, and just standing at the urinal holding my own dick. And I'm rock fucking solid and just going. A little bit got on my hands. I started jerking off with it. And the rest is history. It's like, yes, yes, more of this, all of this. Wow. Complete this even. My God, you sexualize everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rush, of course I do. I love that. But it's just that f- it's just that feeling and like drinking from the tap. That's also another that's God, excuse me, I have to adjust my underwear. <laughs> so what do you enjoy doing with piss now that you've kind of broken into that? Oh, so masturbating is, with it is super, super attractive, especially when my handler pees on me and lets me jerk off with that. That's a lot of fun. Uh, what else? Oh, oh, and uh, drinking from his tap. But his is the only, uh, my two handlers are the only ones I will do that with. So drinking from the tap, let's talk, because there's several ways you could do that. You know, uh, it, do you enjoy like having him piss like directly down your throat, like you're not messing a drop? Or are you going to sit there with your mouth open while he's like, urinating into your mouth from a distance are you kidding not spilling a bit it's not spilling a drop mama didn't raise no bitch (laughs) (laughs) well the reason i ask is sometimes i love to just get it like all over all over you yeah Yeah, i oh i definitely get that one (laughs) that's very good and do you piss play with yourself oh all the time all the time (laughs) Like especially uh, so lately, I've been drinking more and more water because I do like to stream video games and sitting here for hours on end, I get super thirsty. So by the time it's shower time, oh, filled up and ready to go. And I think what better way than to like end the day than getting off with one of my favorite things? Have you ever drank piss at a bar? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so that was you at the urinal. I mean, honestly, (laughs) more than likely. (laughs) I thought it was an installment. (laughs) There's, there's a very funny story there. (laughs) Oh yeah. Do tell. Uh, There, there is a certain bar and it's my absolute favorite Mm -hmm. uh, because one night they let me just spend the night as the, the urinal puppy. And they were very nice enough to hose me off before I went home. Oh my God. They, just took me out back and hosed me off. That's why I will forever patron that particular place. Oh my god. Is this particular place in Los Angeles? It is. Okay. I'm gonna find it. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, you've already I know you've been there for a fact. <laughs> okay, I think I know might know what you're talking about then. <laughs> and so are there any other fetishes we should know about? Oh, spanking is huge. Mm. Like my my handler has once spanked the come out of me. No way. Oh, yeah. It's deaf. Oh, woof. So he had me standing up but bent over. And just, again, negative reinforcement is a very huge turn on. So talking to me, calling me bad dog, and spanking me at the same time, and just letting letting your dick and balls just swing back and forth because of with the force that he's spanking you with is, oh, woof. So attractive. Love that. I'm just getting a visual here. So he's spanking you hard enough to where your dick and balls are swinging. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of getting off... On the fact that your dick is touching your stomach, like swinging up and touching yourself? It's more of the impact and the 
negative reinforcement that's getting me there. Ah, okay. All right. So this is something that I've been kind of like throwing into my interviews lately. I call it kinks gone wrong. (laughs) Do you have any funny or embarrassing stories related to kink? So I'm, I'm super into puppy play. I'm super into the puppy play sexual space. However, (laughs) I I found this really cute guy and he was really into it too. So we start hooking up and as he's coming, he starts letting out this, this howl. Right. And normally I I get it. Okay. I, I totally get it. Wait, hold on. How did it sound? Oh God. So it's just this. Just like that. Exactly like that. I'm just, I've never been, have you ever been so hard that you can actually see your heartbeat in your dick? I've never been that hard and then that soft that quickly. So, so, so you'd think that's where the story would end. Oh, no, 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 my friends. So this was at a convention, by the way, for, for context. So the next night, I'm coming back super late to my room. I'm super tired. I'm like, okay, I'm done. The convention's almost over. I go back to, as I'm going back to my room, I see the same guy going into the room across the hall. And mind you, it's like 3 a.m. It's dead quiet. And all of a sudden, I hear the exact same howl coming for their room. Now think about that, how loud you'd have to be to be coming out of someone else's room. And the people who were sleeping behind me, you can hear it without a beat go, somebody needs to shut their dog the fuck up. This is the second night this happened. I'm thinking of complaining to the manager. I died. (laughs) They thought it was an animal. Yeah, they thought it was a legit dog. (laughs) That's really cute. (laughs) Wow. I'm zipping up my pants because I was drinking off earlier, so... I mean, why do you even have pants on? No, no. You should be jerking off while talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) Have been. Guilty. Oh, yes. (laughs) Well, uh, how can we reach out? How can we get connected with you, Pup Rush? Uh, I am Edward Decimus on Facebook. It's just like the Russell Crowe movie. I I love Gladiator. It's one of my favorites. You can reach me on Twitter, which is actually the best way to reach me. It's at underscore pup rush, all one word. I'm the only puppy in the universe with the crown. You'll 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 know it's me. And that's that's and all. you don't have Instagram? I actually I have to look it up. I have to look up the, <laughs> the name. I did. I did when I was title holder and then after I became after I was like, okay, I'm a wuzzy now, I just like I don't have to maintain this anymore. <laughs> I get to go back to being mortal. Oh, it's a uh, pup underscore rush. Okay. But best way to reach out is Twitter. Yes, I am always like Twitter lurking or masturbating or like sneaking off to a bathroom to have a peek and a wank. <laughs> nice, nice. Do you have like any uh, events or organizations that you're a part of that we should be aware of? I'm a part of Onyx Southwest. They're absolutely amazing. I am, oh goodness. Well, we disbanded now. Uh, the Kinky Critters Club use to uh, be super, super active. That was a kink group I actually started in college because I wore my collar to school one day. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) (laughs) So was it just a bunch of animal role play? Uh, So yes and no. It was just people curious about uh, kink in general. Okay. We'd meet like every, every Friday afternoon when everybody was out of class we decided to meet up and just talk about different kinks we wanted to explore, something that we tried. 
uh, something that we saw that was really, really attractive and we wanted to know more about it. It was great. But then I graduated. <laughs> you turned uh, 22 and now you're... <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Uh, well, you know, I, I do remember you mentioning something about teaching classes. Do you teach kink classes? I sure do. Uh, I do those on Zoom. If you would like to schedule a class or stop stop by for a class, I just send me a con send me uh, a notice on Twitter, and I would be more than happy to get you guys in. It's amazing. We've done pet play, of course. We've done a spanking class, which is a lot, a lot of fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've also done uh pegging okay which was was interesting i had one of my uh wonderful female friends and she had her boyfriend she got to peg him on zoom that's kind of hot so you get to watch other people who are with their camera you know who are willing to keep their camera on i guess uh all the mm -hmm. fun stuff going on yes we always go through like the talks of this is what you can do this is what you can't do this is these are the things you need to do like the full-blown safety what we like to call the dull stuff and then we break for about 15 minutes and then we do an hour to two hours of the fun things that sounds super hot and how much are these classes free oh okay well sign us up <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, uh, before we go, do you have any last statements you'd like to make before I wrap up? Do more horny things. If you're not doing something horny right now, find something horny to do and do it right right now. As you're, you should have been doing horny things while you were listening. <laughs> oh, I was doing horny things while we were talking. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Peprush, for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, before we go, I'd like to remind all of you that in the midst of COVID-19, there are several organizations here in the Los Angeles leather community that are here to help. The LELC Cares, Bullet Bar Pantry, and LA Leather COVID-19 Assist. If you or anyone you know is in need of assistance, please reach out. I will have links in the description below. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Patreon as Leather Talk Mr. Bullet, and Facebook as Brandon Bullet. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay kinky. Okay.